This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Princess Mononoke. Came out in 1997. Uh, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Hayo, written by Hayao Miyazaki <laughs> and Neil Gaiman. Adapted by Neil Gaiman. Okay. Uh, stars are Yoji Matsuda, Yuroko Ishida, Yoko Tanaka, and others. These names mean nothing to me, but are these do these mean names to you? I know Neil Gaiman, but the other people? The, the, well, they're the people that voice the, the Japanese version. Are they, like, big time? Uh, over there, probably. Um, I know in Japan that voice actors, and there's a term for that, which I'm not going to say because I'll butcher the pronunciation. Uh, they're... They're much more—I uh, don't know if respect is the word—but they're definitely bigger stars over there. Okay, and what about this director guy, Miyazaki? He is a legend. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, Alex. Living legend. Like he's still alive. Yeah, uh, like not not just in Japan. Um, well, at least um, <laughs> I mean the fact that you don't know him kind of <laughs> is would be an argument against that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but but for anybody that's into animation. Uh, yeah. Okay. They uh, they know they know who this guy is, mm-hmm. and he's Lasseter does the in- La- John Lasseter does the intros to all those movies now because Disney just ports them over. Okay, is Pretty he um, just strictly anime, or has he done live action stuff too? Uh I don't know. Maybe somewhere in the beginning of his career, I, I, I don't know his whole okay. biography, but yeah, he's yeah, he's sure he's been that. doing animation for a really long time. All right. Um. I guess, well, now that I'm looking at it, that was the, the Japanese voices. The other voices, I didn't realize this, were <laughs> yeah, Billy Crudup, Billy Bob Thornton, Manny Driver, Joe DiMaggio, Sean DiMaggio, <laughs> Claire Danes. He and... dunks. He's a dunker. Yeah. Wait, Gillian Anderson? Yep. Keith David? I didn't recognize yep. any of these voices. <laughs> he didn't yeah, he... recognize Keith David, at least. I, I could get not recognizing anybody no, else. I didn't. Maybe, maybe John DiMaggio. Because Bender, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> did you not recognize Keith David? Yeah, I guess I just attention. <laughs> well, because he saw the Japanese version. Oh, uh, oh yeah, that's true. I, didn't I was I was going to ask that. Yeah, uh, did you? Like, no wonder. Who, of, of course, did, you, didn't did you watch it dubbed or subbed, Jeff? <laughs> subbed. Yeah, that's okay. what, that's what makes sense. Yeah, I would have got Keith David's mm-hmm. voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I did watch it like a month ago now, so it's been a while. All right. Uh, Scott, what's your history with this? This is your choice. Uh, so, around uh, 90... So, okay, so this was produced in 2000, or, yeah, uh, 1997, but didn't come over here until, like, hit theaters until around 2000? Does that sound around, Alex? Yeah. Yeah, around then, 99, 2000. Um, definitely after... Alex and I were out of high school, um, and we caught wind of it. So, 
you know, now if if you want to watch Japanese animation, you don't have to look that hard, uh, especially with Hulu and Netflix and some other services. Uh, yeah. But but back then there wasn't a whole lot, and uh, you had to go to Suncoast Video and pay <laughs> outrageous outrageous. Prices yeah, that, that was that was one way. Um, Suncoast, wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, I miss I kind of yeah. miss Suncoast. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, we caught wind of this. Some people had already known who Miyazaki was um, from some of his earlier movies, and there were, there was a lot of buzz about it. Uh, it won all kinds of awards outside of the United States, anyway. And yeah, it was uh, just hyped up. And I forget how I saw this initially. I don't think I actually saw it in the theater. I think I saw it on DVD by myself. Yeah, uh, same. Um, but yeah, there, there was a lot of buzz around it and yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, benchmark animation, uh, one of the last, uh, animated movies to be done all in plastic cells. So mm-hmm. all right. kind of a, I don't know, a little bit of animation history, I guess. Okay. And Alex, you said your history is kind of the same with this. Yeah, it was actually Scott that introduced me. He, in the early days, uh, Scott introduced me to a lot of anime, so this is one of them. <laughs> All right, and I saw this for the first time for this podcast like a month ago now. So, as I talked before, I'm not a big fan of anime, or I don't really know much about anime. Just animation in general, I don't really like. It's not really against anime, but so. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to do our tops or seven things we want to talk about. So, Scott, what's your number seven? All right, uh, so <laughs> we kind of already mentioned. Uh, Dub versus sub, and when I watched this again, I watched it uh, with with the dubbing, and it's not very good. <laughs> uh, they, Are you, really? I thought it was good. Uh, it's not bad, but I felt like it was kind of lacking. Um, normally, I, I I don't get into this whole oh you can only watch it in the language that it was in blah blah blah. Right. Um, in in this case, I think the the sub is the better way to go. Um, I like Billy Crudup in, as Ashitaka. Um, it, it didn't do it for me. Um, Mini Driver is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it just it was kind of a subpar um, thing. And it was some stunt casting. Uh, I mean, David yeah. Keith's got the pipes, so no complaints there. <laughs> David. Could I say David Keith? You Good. always say David, 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 David Keith. Keith David. <laughs> it's his fault for having two first names. Yeah. How, how do you get the Franks to put the beans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Child. So, yeah, that's just something I noticed watching the, the dubbing. I, I felt mm-hmm. it was lackluster. I mean, it's always going to be tough uh, putting a voice to something that's animated to another language, right? Right. I mean, companies nowadays are getting better at it, but I thought this dubbing was a uh, wasn't as cringeworthy as I've heard it before in other anime. No, so no. Like, like, like I said, it's not bad, but for yeah. for a movie of this caliber, I, mm. I felt like it was lacking something. No, that's my number seven. Yeah, uh, just kind of a, a nitpick that really isn't a mark against the movie itself, but just kind of how it was released over here. Okay. Um, I'll go next. And um, one of my negatives, and this is, I just have to, this is not a negative on this movie. It's a negative on every piece of Japanese animation I've ever seen, which is not much. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. 
Really? Um, the I don't know how to describe it. It's like say the guy is someone's like freaking out or sad or something. And it just starts shaking and like the, the that their eyes start doing that thing or whatever. I just that bugs me so much and I don't like it. And it didn't happen that much in this, but whenever it happens, I just literally act like Brian watching that dragon movie. And just go. <laughs> Ugh. So so I. I honestly don't what you mean when you say doing the eye thing. You don't know? No. Oh. Is that when their eyes go wide but their pupils get really small? Yeah, and but then and it just shakes. It's just like it. Oh, the eyeball shake. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. And then about. you just like sweat comes like little sweat lines show up and stuff. Oh God. Mm-hmm. I'll try to find a gif of it and post it during the episode. <laughs> okay. <but laughs> okay. It bugs me, and it happened. It doesn't it, happen too often, but it happens and. This is one of those cases where in the early days, this was probably one of the first movies that did it. And then every anime and stuff kind of, and it became cliche as it uh, went along. Maybe. Because I remember when I saw this anime, that was the first time I'd seen it. And that kind of shook me up whenever that happened. Okay. But, yeah. Um, All right. Well, Alex, you're number seven. My number seven is... Uh, when Ashitaka at the very beginning, he gets attacked by the worm demon, and then he defends his village, and he gets exiled for it. That was rough. And and you feel kind of sad, and you feel mad. I felt mad at all the elders. and like, why the fuck are they doing this? The dude's a hero, and the prince of their people. I mean, they're screwed, right? But then, later on, you you get a little bit of backstory from uh was it Jigo the guy with the sandals right the the imperial agent guy yeah yeah Jigo right yeah he's talking about how oh there's used to be like some uh people to the west that used to ride on red elks but they were all you know extinct now isn't that right so i what i took from that was that they have to exile him just in case he gets caught so that he can't tell them about where the village is Something like that, or is it just like just a harsh tradition? I think it's just uh, like a hardline Japanese thing. Yeah. I, I don't think we, there's like really like a one-to-one comparison. Yeah, uh, it, it's yeah, like it's, more of a it's like the, the very the, the very beginning of uh, Secret of Mana. They kick your ass right out of the village, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the remaster is coming out soon. Yeah, FYI. Anyways, that's probably average time. Cool. This I heard bad things yeah. about it, though. Really? Yeah. Hmm. There, I heard. After I just heard a thing. All right, looking for this anime I shake is uh, brought up some porn, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how that came up, but uh... dream of the fisherman's wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Scott, number six. Okay. Uh, my number six is the uh, so obviously the whole movie is, is a very heavy uh, environmental natural world bent to it, mm-hmm. um, as as a lot of Miyazaki's movies do. Uh, but the, just the idea of all the animal gods and seeing them uh, it's kind of a twofold thing for me. Um, so you, you do get to see the the wolf god and the the boar god and the spirit of the forest. I, I wish there there'd been more of that. Um, with some of the other animals. Um, so on one hand, it's super cool. Um, it, the kind of the way that they're drawn and, and voiced. Um, 
where they're very uh, kind of reserved, um, as you expect, like like an old wise man kind of thing. Uh, mm. I I just wish that there had been more animals, like different animal gods that they'd shown. So that's my number six. Okay. Hmm. Well, there's probably you know eagle gods in the mountains and stuff, but it was in the forest. So right, well, you could have had a couple more. Yeah, and owl god. Yeah. Hmm. All right. My number six, and so oh, forgive me, I saw this a month ago, and all these names, I don't remember the names of anything, <laughs> but the the deer god, the the main god, what was the name of it? It was just like the forest spirit. Yeah, the spirit of the forest. Yeah, like the forest spirit. I had a different name for it. Anyway. Maybe, maybe in the Japanese, they, so uh, just real quick, um, the the dub, there's actually two different, uh, I'm sorry, there's two different subtitles, subversions. One was more like made for an American audience, and one is more like a direct translation. So it's possible you saw the direct translation that had like a like a Japanese name. No, yeah. it wasn't a Japanese name, but it was it was like a specific animal. But it was the main thing, the one that they they kill at the end, and then it goes. The one all... that's your profile picture right now. Yes, that one. <laughs> and that's what I said. That that face. So my number six is one, this is another bad thing. It looked terrible. The face. Like, it was some weird, let's take a human face and put it on the, it looked, oh, God, it, it was actually, it was weird and creepy at the same time, and I didn't like it. Hmm. So especially, I think, when I want to have my profile shots, like, what the hell am I looking at here? Because, <laughs> like, the, uh, either the, the princess or the main character, like, sees it in the distance at one point early on, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, and it's, like, walking by. But then later on, when yeah. he got like a full frontal view of his face, I'm like, ah, oh, uh. <laughs> well, yeah. how do you expect the forest spirit to look, man? Yeah, not it, like that. It is weird. <laughs> it's it's definitely not a it's definitely not a Western <laughs> idea. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's my number six, it's Alex. My number six is every story needs needs like a good heel. And this guy was well-meaning and everything, but he was so one-note to the point of fault. But I still love to hate him. That's Gonza, the the bald guy that's protecting Lady Iboshi. Yep. And he's got that giant sword to, like, because he likes being loud and brandishing it, almost like as compensation. And he and he pretty much gets his, gets his ass handed to him at every turn with when Ashitaka's around. He's pretty funny. I like that guy. Bender. Yeah. Joe DiMaggio, he dunks. <laughs> what the fuck? Damn it, I'm trying to yeah. pull up a... Uh, I shake? I know, like a pick... Because you say these names and I don't know who they are because I don't remember. He was, his... he was the bald guy that was always like hand on his sword. Okay. Always ready to whip it out. And then Ashitaka, when he went to confront Lady Iboshi for the first time, just grabbed it by two fingers and like bent it, curled his sword like all the way around. I'll have more to say about that later, but that was an awesome scene. All right. Uh, Scott, number five. Uh, number five, uh, as I mentioned in my previous uh, entry about environmentalism, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they really drive home that, that humans are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Even even when they're, they're like trying to do something noble, like make this community for lepers and hookers, <laughs> like they're still being assholes about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it's a little heavy-handed, uh, but at the same time, it, it does help to create real tension. That man versus nature, uh, and in, in the end, it works. Um, where even the bad guys, even even they don't really necessarily get their full comeuppance. Uh, most of them aren't like that bad. Uh, and you can see the kind of disconnect where the, the animals don't trust humans, and uh, rightfully so, but humans yeah. may, maybe necessarily aren't wrong to want to control nature either. So Yeah, and then the monkeys hate everybody. Yep. Stupid <laughs> monkeys. And everybody hates the monkeys. <laughs> um, Alright, my number five is, is your, like, your last two. Is I thought it was the cool story, Nature versus Industry. Um, I always, I usually dig that, and I always love it when humans are the bad guys because they we're we're terrible, we're the worst. Yep. Um, as individuals, most of us are fine, but as a collection, we're just. I agree. Agent yep. Smith has it right in the Matrix. We're a virus, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we yeah. smell. <laughs> it's, it's the, the smell. smell. <laughs> uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I really did dig that. Although I have to say, I I left this off my list, but. I was confused about some of these things, like how that, which her name is, Lady Ibonashi. Iboshi. Iboshi. Iboshi, yeah. Like, her whole thing, like, she's a good guy, but she's a bad guy. Like, I, I, got, I got lost, I have to admit, at parts of this. Yeah. There were some things going on. Like, the general theme I got, but there was these little subplots that kind of confused me. But mm-hmm. um, I did just love that the nature versus industry. And at the end, it wasn't like industry's bad in nature. Just, it's kind of like gotta find a happy medium type thing yeah. i guess and, yeah um mm-hmm. so that's my number five alex my number five are the little forest spirits the kodama that pretty much became the mascots of this movie yep those guys are great yeah that's such such a cool uh you know gags the right word but yeah i agree they're just walking around, just doing their thing, and then when Ashitaka is carrying that guy through the forest on his back, you see a couple of them carrying each other on their back, trying to mimic him and stuff. Yeah, they're adorable, and the way they click their heads and everything and make that sound—they're just cool and extremely memorable. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a there's an, like a, a, a very innocent quality about them. Yeah, that, that makes them uh, like kind of very easy to watch. Wait, which things? The little, like, white spirits that have just three dots for a face. Yeah, they do the head thing. And ah, they yeah. they click their heads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was one of my favorite things. It's not on my list. I missed that. I forgot about it. Yeah, it was, I really dug those little forest creatures, guys. Kanokos or Kunuku or <laughs> Kodamas. Yeah, I was close. The wood spirits. <laughs> yeah, those guys are cool. Give me credit. I got part of the words, letters yeah. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You said the words right, mostly. Yeah, I like that. They were cool. I really wish there were four spirits, goddammit. Or elves. At least benevolent ones. Yeah, I'll take either or. (laughs) He'll take Slender Bands? Well, that's fake. I saw a trailer for that new movie. Goddamn, so stupid. Jump scare the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I got something to talk about that in our uh, ne- Neom News later. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right, Scott, number four. Uh, number four is just, uh, I mean, this could be my number one as well, but just the gorgeous animation. 
Oh, Jeebus. Uh, as someone who just generally likes animation, I, I, I can look at this and go, wow, this is some amazing stuff. Um, especially at certain points in the movie where they really ramp it up. I'm not that any point feels lazy, but there are certain points where you can tell that they went the extra mile. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> Miyazaki is a legend and legendarily is just an absolute control freak. Yeah. And they, I was reading the um, some of the trivia for this, and uh, I think it said something like he personally redrew like 40,000 cells or something like that for this movie, where he just like Jesus. wasn't happy with it. And just went back himself, and 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 did it like he was that much of the like, like he felt like his vision wasn't being carried out like in each of these cells. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah, just the, the animation's amazing. Uh, I, there's one point in particular I'll talk a little bit further in my list uh, is an exemplary example of this. Uh, so, you, so you said this is one of the last movies to do the on the plastic cells. Are those things like collector's item? Those cells? Do they even? Are they sold or? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, who knows? I, Probably in a vault somewhere under a temple. <laughs> I know. In I, I know. In Japan, they have the Studio Ghibli uh, museum that you can go to. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I imagine they would have some of the cells there. Uh, Guarded by top men. Yeah. <laughs> top. No, because you hear like I like the stuff. You know, like if I ever got a subby for like the old cartoons, like we like Bugs Bunny or maybe old Disney stuff, but like I heard a lot of those initially just threw them away. Cause who cared? No one thought about that stuff. Yeah. They just cleaned them to reuse the cells. Right. Cause those cost money. Damn it. <laughs> or they just, yeah, they didn't even think it'd be worth something. Yeah. They just threw it out. But then by, by 97, you would think that's kind of already a, a known thing. So they would hold on to them, at least in America and Japan, I guess I have no, no, idea. I, I got to imagine that mm-hmm. the cells are sitting around somewhere. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know how, how much of them like being for sale or whatever. Yeah, maybe maybe okay. they'll be donated or something at some point. But mm-hmm. you guys being big animation guys, do you own any sales? I think I should know this about you. I don't think you do, but I do. You? I don't. I don't. I'm trying to think, of like Alex, it. you're an animator. You should own your own cell. You should make well, one. I don't because the really good <laughs> ones that I want cost a shitload of money. No, yeah. I mean you should make your own. Oh, oh no, mine stuff was all digital and paper. I know. Well, old school. Do it. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can think of a few things that would be pretty awesome to own a cell of. He Man. <laughs> Not He Man. Yeah. Dude, I would love a He Man cell. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, my number four is the. I didn't like it at first, but it grew on me. The I'm, I have on my notes the Cursed Worms. Well, whenever, whatever was cursed, and they had just had those tentacles or worms coming out of the beast. Yeah, because I know it's like tentacles. So I'm like, oh, I bet Jeff's not gonna like this. <laughs> they weren't tentacles. They were worms. They were, yeah, like I don't know. Like it kind of bugged me at first, especially early, it happens early on in the movie, right? When the boar comes down, and that's how he gets his arm infected. Whatever happens to it, but mm-hmm. like I didn't like it at first, but then later on I did like it just because I just it was more like I can't believe they this is hand animated. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. Like Jesus. that, I was, my mind was blown by it more than anything. So I really dug that specifically, um, and it was just a cool way to show the, the cursed, whatever, whatever was cursed or whatever. So, yeah, that's my number four, Alex. 
My number four is kind of related to the curse with the worms and everything. But the first time you really see that uh, it's really affecting Ashitaka is when he's trying to defend the uh, those fleeing peasants from raiders. And he pulls back the bow and you see his hand like kind of uh, like the worms are growing out of his hand or something a little bit under his, his, uh, his arm under his clothes. And he lets the arrow go and it hits... A guy's sword, but it's so strong that it takes his arms off with the sword. Yeah. It was insane. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen just in film, not even in animation. It was amazing. That might have been the first time where I sat up in my seat when I watched this. I was like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> and the dude that got his arms off, didn't, he's not yelling or screaming or anything. He's just like, holy shit, what happened? He's got no, he just got stumps now. That was pure insanity. <laughs> and then he throws another arrow. I mean, maybe this was later on in the movie, and it just decapitates a guy at distance. He throws it. No, well, he loose he loses another arrow. Oh. His bow. <laughs> this is like uh, Hot Shots Part Two. He just throwing arrows and bullets at everybody. <laughs> got got a pair of wooden arms. Can't bend them. Can't bend them. But yeah, just that the curse is killing him. But in the meantime, he's got some pretty sweet powers. So his arm. I did. I have to say, I had flashbacks to um, Doctor Strangelove when he's holding it back and controlling it and everything. I could not think of Doctor Strangelove. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I just when I ever laugh, I just kept thinking he was going to do this see how at some point. But he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Scott, number three. Uh, number three is the Kodama, the Wood Spirits. We pretty much went over it. Uh, I just... uh, you mispronounced that word badly, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the what? The Kanukas? <laughs> <laughs> the the Kokiri, I think, is what you're trying to say. The, nope. uh, the Kakarikos? Mm-hmm. Kakariko oh, I'm Village. playing that right now. Uh, anyways, uh, the Wood Spirits... Uh, we, we've already said enough about them. Uh, I just want to say that yeah. for a very long time, that was my wallpaper. It was a shot of those guys in the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Number three. All right. Um, my number three is just uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the gore, which Alex already mentioned. That was, like, one of the first mm-hmm. ones. But later on, like, heads are getting taken off and other stuff, so... Um, I appreciate that in animation, because most of my <laughs> Disney Lunar Tunes didn't do that. Or my G.I. Joe, especially. God damn it. Yeah, ducks got exploded, and their bills were on the back of their heads, and they're <laughs> all black from the explosion, but they were fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that is true. Um, um, and as, yeah. So as far as <laughs> violence in anime, this is, I don't know, middle of the road, I guess. Yeah. But for a Miyazaki movie, I, it's probably the most violent mm-hmm. of them. Would, do you think it's, yeah. think it's right, Alex? I don't know. Kiki's delivery service is pretty gory. <laughs> I know, and she was busting caps and fools. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I gotta say, I don't want to see a cartoon that's just gore. But like I said, it was it was a good. Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was a good amount. Good yeah, amount. more more it, more it than was, like a typical was, Disney thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it served <laughs> the story well. It wasn't out of place or yeah. anything or gratuitous. Right. Um, all right, Alex, number three. My number three is when Ashitaka first sees Mononoke. That was 
that whole scene was kind of breathtaking, even from from Ashitaka's point of view. That was awesome. You can see the wolves in there at the distance, and uh, she's in there like sucking the bad blood out of uh, oh, what was the Moro? That was the main wolf spirit's name. Sucking the bad blood out of the wound because she got a stone or a metal pellet in there, and she was just like spitting it out in streams. And then they finally notice Ashitaka, and she just turns, and her face is full of blood, and she kind of wipes it off. That was amazing. It was a great little moment. Yep. Good character. Yeah, I agree. It's good. Mm-hmm. San, All right. San, Zan. San. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Scott, number two. Uh, number two is the <laughs> thing you, you didn't like, Jeff, but uh, the the spirit of the forest, the deer god. Uh, him as the deer is is very interesting, and how he breathes on stuff, and he simultaneously brings like life and death with him. Uh, mm-hmm. But then when he transforms at night, like you you talk about standing up, that fucking blew my mind the first time I saw it. Like that animation, that that kind of uh, translucent, yeah. like massive, like headless, faceless body. Is it, it's going through? That was amazing to me, and it still holds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cool. Uh, so that's my number two. When he's when he's in his night form. Yeah, I like all that too. I just thought that his face itself didn't look. Good. Yeah, no, Everything it is it is weird. It is. I think it was supposed to be weird. Yeah. 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 So Scott, what do you like more? That. Or when the the ants march on Isengard. Oh, the ants marching on Isengard. That's oh. not even... <laughs> I don't even have to think about that. All right. If we're going to do top ten scenes ever for anything, <laughs> that might be up there. Yeah. Uh, my number two, I think you guys are talking about, just the animation. I did think... Not, not being an animation guy, I did, re- I did think it was cool. Um, usually this stuff and like I've already mentioned little stress eyes that I don't like this didn't have too much of that I didn't feel like I was watching what I consider what I think of what an anime is so I, I really dug it um, yeah I mean it, it I it was awesome so that's my number two Alex number two my number two is the red elk you cool so badass not only writable but he's like he's the best friend I want an elk to ride around and, and be pals with. He's the best, and it's so hard. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this, but heartbreak when he gets shot. And, you know, Ashitaka's trying to do the right thing. He's like, no, get out of here. It's dangerous. You don't need this. And he's still, like, limping along trying to follow him because he's his best friend. And then he wouldn't leave him when he got wounded and the forest spirit came to visit him. God, he's the best. I, I do like that Yakul doesn't like... He, so he... He trusts Ashitaka, but nobody else. Like, even the other animal spirits, he's like, "Get the fuck away from me!" <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and when uh, he's hurt, he's the one that told the wolves about all the story, or told somebody. Maybe it was Princess. Oh he, yeah, Mononoke. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. This guy's a cool dude. You should like him. <laughs> yeah. This is my number one, Alex. I, I really dug him. It was cool. But let's hear uh, Scott's number one. Yeah, uh, my number one is the the opening, the the chase, the hunt and the chase. Uh, it just just amazing animation and action, and uh, it's got him riding around in your cool. Um, so it's not the typical like horse or, or vehicle type thing, and 
just all the the cuts and turns through the forest and out in the uh, it's the hills not really plains but the, like the grasslands um yeah. and him firing arrows back and the the as jeff calls them the worms uh like the way that they move about um is a great way to open a movie um and one of one of the more memorable action scenes that i've seen in any animation ever so yeah that, that's my my number one mm. yep it's a good way to open a movie i agree uh, number one elk friend he's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so alex is number one my number one is it's so hard to pick just one thing for number one so just the whole story the unforgettable characters everybody with their own like arcing you know character arc and you can feel where they're coming from and why they're uh, what drives their motivations and everything and it comes to a head at the end so perfectly it's just great storytelling pretty much is my number one it's amazing okay all right, sounds good. Uh, honorable mention to Yaku. <laughs> Boo, you should have been on your list. Eh. Which one's that? The, the red the elk. elk. Yaku. Oh. So I had a question. I think I asked uh, Alex at the Super Bowl party. That little old fat man that kind of put, helps him at the beginning, but it's kind of on the bad guy's side. Why is he yeah, wearing those dope. wooden extension feet things? What are those? I think those are just shoes, man. They're yeah. probably exaggerated a little bit, but so that he would seem taller. I think. Yeah, I think they're just More supposed to be maybe. like you keep your feet out of the mud, basically. They're like I forget mm-hmm. when. Like, so this is supposed to take place like what in the sometime Feudal. in the late eighteen hundreds. I mean, those are the first guns that they have. Yeah. So, like early eighteen hundreds. I, I I don't know, but point being, like they don't have they didn't have like the the shoes <laughs> to keep the, the mud out. So they wear those, I guess I'm guessing. I don't really know. Cause he was the only one that wore them. That's why. Yeah. I, I think yeah, just probably to make his character seem weirder, mm-hmm. more exaggerated. Yeah. And that mole or whatever he's got going on. Ugh. Moly, moly, terrible moly, mustache. Moly, moly, moly. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's rate it. As usual, we rate movies between one and seven, seven being perfect, one being poop. Scott. <laughs> uh, uh, tough on this one. Uh, I give it a six. All right. Uh, not 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 almost a seven, just not quite there. So, are there other animes that you would put above this? Uh, that's tough. Um, off the top of my head, not uh, movies. No, um, yeah, I think it's the best. As far as sh- as far as shows go, there are a few eps like individual episodes. Um, that if we were to rank episodes that way, then they would get sevens for me. But yeah, okay. Um, for me, I'm having this is where our our uh, number system. I don't know if it, we have we have to if it works for me here. Uh, definitely not a six or seven, and definitely not a one, two, or three. I like it. I probably won't watch it again. But <laughs> if I was at your guys' house and you guys were watching it, I would not have a problem with it. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm leaving. So 
I think I like more of it than I don't like it. So if you go by that, I think it becomes a five. It's not right down the middle. So I'll go with five. Okay. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Closer to a four than a six, but it's a five. That makes any sense. Alex. Oh, this is easily a seven for me. Okay. It's one of my top ten animated movies ever. I love it. Okay. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. All right. Well, for our crossover list, uh, what is it, Scott? Uh, So our crossover is our top five companions. Not to be confused with Mounts or Rides, which I think we've done on separate separate podcasts. And Animal Companions, correct? Uh, I'm going through my list here. Um, Not all of them are. (laughs) All right. Although one of them was, I'm cheating on, so. Okay. Well, lead us off. What's your number yeah, five? I'm cheating. I'm cheating uh, on one number too. five anyway. is, uh, speaking of uh, anime and with episodes that we get seven to, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Um, they... Oh, shit. Damn it. <laughs> I should have had this guy. Uh, there's a Corgi. <laughs> um, this, this is really the first time I was, I, I don't think I ever really knew what Corgis were. Uh, I mean, I've probably seen them around, but never really thought of it thought about it before um, until the show um so mm-hmm. ein the corgi um set off all kinds of corgi mania uh yeah seriously so it was uh, on the show he's a a data dog uh and the best part is, is no one ever really like acknowledges it it's not like a deus ex machina or anything it just happens to be a thing that he is where he's like this mm-hmm. like genetically engineered dog to be super smart but he doesn't actually help with anything <laughs> Most of the time, he probably he probably does behind the scenes. Maybe you don't see it. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's part of a couple of great episodes, uh, particularly the mushroom one. Uh, oh yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah, yeah, most part, he's just a dog that's kind of around, um, kind of round out the the erstwhile crew of the Bebop. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my number five, Ein Corgi. All right. Um, for my list, I, I know I, I didn't want to look up anything at all, but because this felt like an easy list, but it became really hard. And I know you guys are <laughs> going to say something, and I'm going to be God damn it! But this is what I got. Um, number five, I have the dog Sam from I Am Legend. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've the, the German n- Shepherd. Never, never seen that movie. Oh, uh, so it's I, pretty good. I've, I've, uh, I think I've heard enough about it now, though. So, yeah. Um. I had to look up his name. I didn't know his name, but definitely one of the first things that popped in was was that I, I love dogs. So I think almost all my things <laughs> in here are dogs. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, just if you, if you haven't seen the movie, I won't talk much about it. But uh, he's a great sidekick to uh, Will Smith in a post-apocalyptic vampire world. <laughs> uh, so. That's right, Sam. I am Legend, Alex. My number five is the ferrets from Beastmaster. <laughs> what are their names? Uh, I don't know, but they bite Rip Torn a new one. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, they have the self-sacrifice, but then the kids come up at the end with their mom because one of the ferrets sacrifices itself to save the Beastmaster. Spoiler alert. Jesus Christ. I... But yeah, they were one of the first like animal companions and stuff, and I've wanted a ferret pet forever since i've seen this movie so <laughs> so so full disclosure i <laughs> my list of movies that i that i want to do um 
most of them are of of a similar quality of Beastmaster. Uh-huh. But even I don't want to do Beastmaster. Oh man, I'm gonna put that on my list. Beastmaster. I saw that shit funny <laughs> when it was on fucking TNT every week or HBO. I think I saw it on beta for when I saw it the first time. Yeah, I probably saw it in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Beastmaster. Yeah. There it is. All right. Scott, number four. <laughs> number four is uh, Dog from Half-Life 2. Yeah. See, I thought we were only doing animals. I did think of it, but I didn't put it because it was a robot. But his name is Dog. <laughs> Great. Oh, well, that's fine. If that's the li- I I thought it was animals. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it's it's such uh, a great little character. A little, there's this, this hulking robot, but it it acts like a dog. It's named Dog. And when you first <laughs> first introduced it to it, you're like playing catch with it with the with the with gravity gun, the like the zero point gravity manipulator, whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> the scientific name for it. But yeah, you're like tossing stuff back and forth and. Um, at one point, like, uh, you like hide the ball or something like that. So dog starts looking for something to throw you and he like picks up like a shed. <laughs> He's going to throw it to, <laughs> to throw you. And at the last second, Alex is like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. And then it's awesome that the, like, like the last leg of the game, spoilers, last leg of the game when, uh, uh, you're going through town and, um, you're almost there. And then all of a sudden, like a bunch of the, uh, overwatch shows up. And then Dog shows up and just starts going ape shit. It's like fucking ripping like ships apart and throwing throwing uh, like trucks around and um, and he lifts up the the final wall for you at the end. And you see like his little head like tilt at you before he lets it go and runs off. And ah, oh, so cool. <laughs> All right, yeah. I don't think you can spoil that game. It's like over twelve years old now. I think probably more than that. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Half Life Three is almost out. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> By the airing of this podcast, <laughs> probably <laughs> confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four. Since we did an animated movie, I did an animated companion, and I did Scooby Doo. Nice. Like I said, I love dogs. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wins out over Astro, or I guess. Oh hell yeah. Dino or Dino wasn't even a dog, he was a dinosaur. He didn't yeah. count. Well, yeah, Astro's the weakest of the three. Yeah. And mm-hmm. no Pluto and no Goofy, because I don't even know what the hell Goofy is. And so, <laughs> anyway. But he's it's like that, that little argument in uh, Stand, Stand By, by me. me. Yeah, yeah, Stand By Me. <laughs> mm-hmm. What the hell is Goofy? Yeah. So, Scooby-Doo, I love that cartoon as a kid, and he was a fun dog. Yeah. There it is. He's a big dog. Great Dane. Yeah, Great Dane. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Alex, number four. My number four is I haven't it's on my Steam list. I haven't played this old school game before, but <laughs> I saw Scott playing it, and the first time I saw Minsk and Boo. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was just on my Scott, list. Scott was explaining to me what Boo was, and I guess this Minsk is like a barbarian in the game Baldur's Gate. Uh, two. Well, he's in the first one also, but yeah, Baldur's Gate two. Yeah, is, yeah. And he's got this uh, this pet hamster who he thinks is telepathic, and he's actually a giant hamster from outer space, but in miniature form. Yeah, in miniature form. 
And so every once in a while during combat and stuff, Minsk will yell, like, give Boo commands. But, of course, it's a hamster. He doesn't do anything. So they just go, go for the eyes, Boo. <laughs> go for the eyes. <laughs> Gold. And then you hear the, like, Boo squeak. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. All right. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, Scott, number three. Uh, number three is another dog uh, with dog in his name. And that would be dog meat. Yeah, that's my number three, too. The uh, reoccurring dog companion in the Fallout games uh, mm-hmm. that you uh, acquire as a as a, like, a combat companion. Uh, when he, in Fallout 4, he, you find him like right off the bat, which I think is different from the other games. Yeah. Uh, where you can play the whole game and not, not get him at all. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's they did the dog so well in four, like I feel uncomfortable at times, like running around with him because he gets injured, and then he starts like crying and like limping around. He's just, like this this big German Shepherd, uh, and they did a really good job making him look realistic. Like yeah, like I didn't, I guess it, like, it made me uncomfortable to, to see this dog get beat. And then, of course, you know sometimes you accidentally hit him. Because <laughs> he like runs in front of you. So you go melee. Yeah, yeah. So if it was like realistic, you'd like kill your dog, and feel horrible. Yeah. Got to reload the save after yeah. that, man. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So so what you're saying is, uh, Fallout Four dog meat more important than the baby that got stolen when you were in cryo sleep. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> one one day I'm gonna rant about the, the plotline for Fallout Four. Yeah, Jeebus H. Remind me not to be there. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, Jeff, you're going to want to hear this. As will all of our audience. My number three is the Spies Monkey from Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) (laughs) Bad dates. Bad dates. Yeah, he has a bad ending. He was a Nazi, uh, so it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, he was Nazi. I forgot about that. Uh, But he was a little, little, you know, if I was a spy, that's a good little trick to have. If you're in a place where there's actual monkeys around, because he would stand mm-hmm. out if you were like in a cafe in Paris. It wouldn't work for Jason Bourne, but if you're Indiana Jones <laughs> and it's working against you, um, yeah, I liked it. Hitching a ride, telling the guy the bad guys where uh, Indiana Jones is. I don't know what the monkey's name. I don't think he has a name, but I'm calling him Monkey. Yeah, that's, that's his name. <laughs> Alex, number three. My number three was also dog meat from, uh, I haven't played Fallout 4, so Fallout 3. Great companion. And yeah, I like that you can just find him in a random mission, and he can get killed if you don't rescue him soon enough, but most likely you'll get him. He's super useful in combat. I think, and as a friend. I think there's a perk, I don't know, maybe it was a mod perk, but where if dog meat dies, like, you just get like a new dog meat, it's supposed to be like his puppies or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, never heard about that one. I always reloaded my save when he died. <laughs> Not today, dog meat. It's a terrible name for a dog, by the way. <laughs> All right, Scott, number two. Uh, number two, um, this is cheating a little bit, but uh, he doesn't really talk, and he acts mostly like an animal, so I'm uh-huh. I'm going to allow it. <laughs> and that would be Mini-Me. From Austin Powers. 
Jeebus. God. Is this racist? Yeah. <laughs> Sizest. Because he's not, because yeah. he's not like, like a minion per se. Because he doesn't, he, he doesn't carry. <laughs> he's not yellow. He doesn't wear overalls. Oh yeah, sure. or that. But he, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't carry out any specific task. Uh, random task. He, mm-hmm. he just is around to like nod and he hates uh, Scott Evil for some reason and <laughs> and then Danny DeVito plays him in the the Austin Powers yeah. movie. Yeah, I'm fucking Minnie Me. Hey, hey, assholes, it's Minnie Me. Yeah. So that's my number two. That's pretty shitty. But my number one's a big <laughs> cheat too, so I'll allow it. But my number two yeah. is Ghost from I almost said Lord of the Rings from Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty uh, good. So I mean, there's plenty of companions I think to pick from that show, but I will pick Ghost, even though he's severely lacking in the later seasons. Not, not of the not show. the Hound. Well, he's just he's in the snow. You just can't see him oh. in the yeah. background because he's all white. Okay. Yeah. But no, not the Hound, Scott. That would be <laughs> cheating. But he. Um, yeah. Okay. In my mind, and I haven't read all the books, so I don't know, but in my mind, he does a lot more cool stuff. So, even though the movie, the show, he does nothing, I think he does a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll have the spinoff. Yeah. yeah. That Jeff's going to write. Yeah. Ghost. Yeah. Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yeah. Because, like, I know, and um, I did read the first two books, and uh, Grey Wind, Rob's Wolf, is that the name? Yeah. It mm-hmm. does a lot of cool stuff in the battlefield. Yeah, so. it's ripping arms left and right in battle. <laughs> yeah, so I'm assuming Ghost does the same stuff later on in the books. So right. there it is. Uh, all right, Ghost. Alex, number two. My number two, <laughs> I guess, might be kind of a cheat because this thing isn't technically an animal, but it kind of is. And uh, I'm talking about Squish Face from C-Lab 2020. Wow, I thought I was. You guys are gonna have stuff that I know. I didn't know any of these things. Squish face. I don't remember this one. Yeah, remember he's like they use the exact same model from Gleep and Gloop from <laughs> Thundar the Barbarian, but he's a little white thing and he keeps replicating all over the sea lab and it's kind of like a triples slash alien situation that they have and they have to flamethrower like everything except for the captain who he loves. Squish face. <laughs> so at the very end of the episode when they killed. Yeah, they've killed every single one. And the captain's like, yeah, all right, I won't do that again. He's like, just give me a, give me my glass of whiskey. <laughs> then he lifts up his bandages from his hat. He's like, you want a shot of whiskey too, Squish Face? <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody points a, I, I forget who it was, but they put a flamethrower to his face. And they flamed both of them. And that was the end of the episode. I don't remember that one. Oh, dude, that was the best. Squish Face. Wait, what's this from? C-Lab 2020. I thought you said Sequest. No. <laughs> Same animation. Oh, no, no. That's Johnny Quest. No. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Sequest is with Jonathan Brandis. Yeah. And uh, what's his face from Jaws? Yeah, Roy Schneider. Yeah. And the lesser DeLuises. Mm-hmm. Tina? No, I said, I said the lesser. Oh, um, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Alex, Scott, I mean, number one. All right, uh, my number one going back to animation here. Although I don't think I've Ooh. left it mostly here. Uh, that would be Seymour from Futurama. So he's only featured in a couple of episodes. Mm. It wasn't 
in the I think it was second season in the episode Jurassic Park, which won an Emmy. Uh, and then I think he came back later in one of the renewed seasons. But yeah, the, the first time around, though, uh, you see him um, in one of the most soul-crushing <laughs> episodes or, or really anything in uh, in media t- period um, where Fry keeps flashing back to finding this mutt um, that's kind of this ugly mutt uh, that that smells bad and isn't clean, but they 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 hit it right off, and they're like each other's best friends. And uh, mm-hmm. like the dog like sings along to "Walking on Sunshine" by Katrina and the Waves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to go through the whole episode uh-huh. here, but uh, again, it, the, like there's a chance that that Fry can get him back, and uh, just the way he ends, how he's like the most loyal of dogs. Uh, is yeah, it <laughs> it it's it is absolutely like just a punch right to the soul. Uh, mm-hmm. Until like a few episodes later, <laughs> where Hermes goes, "Oh no, another one of Fry's dead dogs." Yeah. <laughs> they just tucks him away. Yeah. Yeah. Callbacks. Uh, so yeah, that would be mm-hmm. uh, Seymour, the the best dog anybody could have. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, my number one's a cheat. If you don't allow it, I have a backup, though. So Chewbacca, does that count? He almost made my list. <laughs> he, it was I, I was this close to putting my list, Jeff, so I will allow it. All right. He's furry. He's basically just an upright dog, so he counts. He doesn't talk. <laughs> I mean, he gets to talk, but he doesn't talk in basic. <laughs> I mean, I wish my dog... He, under- can... he understands basic. <laughs> I wish my dog... Well, my dogs... Are... I don't have a dog, but dogs understand basic. Hmm. They they also know a little C plus plus. Whoa! Uh, These modern languages here. Uh, but but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. minus points for Chewbacca for for cock blocking. On. Yeah, that was three PO. Yeah, yeah, I think it was really Chewbacca. When did Chewbacca <laughs> do it? Yeah, he's behind the scenes manipulating things. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he had Mala at home waiting for him. He didn't care. And yeah, oh, he well, we had yeah, he had a look at Lumpy, dipshit kid. He didn't want to get back to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Chewbacca, <laughs> I'll, I'll give my other my alternative in the after Alex goes. So, what's your number one, Alex? Uh, I make no apologies for making you cool. My number one okay. companion, even though he's he's writable, but he's also you know the best friend. A Emishi uh, prince could have. So there you go. Yakul's the best. <laughs> All right. Uh, my one honorable mention would be Old Dan Little Land from Where the Red Fern Grows. Okay. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, my honorable mention would be. Uh, is it Bubo? Bubo, the. Oh, <laughs> the mechanical, the mechanical owl. owl from Clash of the Titans. <laughs> oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do we have any uh, listeners uh, list this week? Yeah, from listener Garth once again. Party on, Garth. Party on, Wayne. Uh, number five is Sir Didymus from Labyrinth. Uh, yeah, that's Cause he good. just he writes because he just doesn't give a fuck and will take on anyone, <laughs> <laughs> which is correct. But you could have the dog from Labyrinth too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as number four is Cringer and Battle Cat. Nice. I think more Cringer because that's the one that walked around and talked. So oh, I don't know he man. But then again, Battle Cat yelled too. He's like, ah, come on, let's take on these guys. 
Yeah, like I had Battle Cat as my mount, so that's why I didn't want to dupe here. But that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, number three is Yoshi. And he says, greedy but lovable dino who spits fire and lays eggs. What's not to love? You're right, Garth. Uh, no, so, so no, quick, quick note about Yoshi is I've forgotten about this because I was playing it recently on my, my SNES Classic. Uh, oh. Mario basically beats the shit out of Yoshi. Yeah. He's... I've forgotten all about that. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Just saying. Yoshi seems to not have a problem with it, but still. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty messed up. His number two is uh, Chewbacca as well. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And his number one... Oh, some we should have gotten Hooch from Turner and Hooch. I thought thought about, thought about Hooch. He dies. Thought about Hooch. Doesn't Hooch die? He's an awesome. Thought, thought about Jerry Lee from K Nine too. Yeah, yeah. And whatever the dog's <laughs> name from Top that, Dog or uh, Top Dog, Law Dog. Wait, you mean Karate Dog? No, the uh, with Chuck Norris. No, no, no. There was there was one with uh, was it Karate Dog? That was the kid from Sequest. No, 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 no. So. <laughs> There, there was, uh, there was one with Chuck Norris, yeah. That, that, that had. That was karate. It dog. was not karate dog. That was, that was fucking. Karate that was not dog. fucking karate dog. <laughs> he, there was a. When there really was something called karate. Yes, dog, it, there, there was yes. a dog. that was voiced by like Chevy Chase. I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> no, I think it was top top dog with Chuck Norris. Yeah, the dog didn't talk. That was a fucking. Hollywood, you know, when Arnold did Kindergarten Cop, and then there was that a couple of other knockoffs with kids and cops, and then yeah, they did Turner and Hooch, and all of a sudden K Nine and Top Dog and Karate Dog all come out. Like, God damn, where's Air Bud and all this? That comes. That's later. That's oh. like a decade later. Oh. But then yeah, fucking Air Bud. There it is. Nobody had. Thanks, Garth. Yeah, thanks, Garth. Nobody had Santa's little helper or Buck Bundy. You mean Santos L helper? <laughs> yeah. From now on, my name is Miguel Sanchez. <laughs> That's Lionel Hutz. He's not a dog. Yeah, he's a good companion, though. <laughs> do you remember Hans Mo- Hans Moment? <laughs> do you remember the or about Snowball too? What about um that episode of Murdered Children where they neuter Buck and he's like all this he's like a giant, enormous dog in Al's dreams. I was freaky as a kid. <laughs> anyway, thanks mm-hmm. guys. It's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex and I like sports. Sports ball. Olympics are still going strong as of this recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess there's a new event that I didn't know about in Winter Olympics called the Luge Relay, where where they have a shortened track, and first it's uh, the top uh, women's luger, and then she goes down, and at the finish line she has to high-five like a uh, sign or sensor, and that gives the light, the green light, at the top of the hill for the next group to go, and that's the men's luge or whoever the best one is, and he goes down, and then when he high-fives the sign, it's the men's double luge that goes down at the end. And then uh, they add up the times, and that's the time. What a pathetic luger. That's how it really works. But yeah, I'd never seen it before. I'm like, was this new? Because I I can't remember it from past Olympics. Uh, So I'm 
I guess as I was thought you were joking this whole time. It's actually a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's for real. <laughs> uh, Alex was telling me about this earlier today. So whether it's real or not, I don't know. But he was not setting this up for the <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> I think yeah. it should be like. You have to just run into the guy. Like first, it's the skeleton guy, and then he hits the loser, and then the loser hits another skeleton guy. Like it's just kind of, and it turns into a human centipede going down <laughs> ice. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yep, that's crazy. Yeah, Winter Olympics, awesome. I still like them. All right, it's time for Nim News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right. Uh... So, um, some news on the Star Wars front. Uh, stop me if we've talked about this before. But the, I hate it, probably. Go for it. Uh, they're they're going to do a whole other different trilogy of what I have no idea. It'll be your, your beloved Thrawn trilogy, Jeff. Um, but the, the news of note here is not so much that, but who's going to be heading it. Uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the showrunners of Game of Thrones... Have been. Oh yeah, I heard they were going to be involved be, in Star be Wars. Be given the reins of how. Star Wars. Yeah. Given reins to one of the Star Wars vehicles, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Until Disney says, "No, we don't like what you're doing. We're going to replace you at yeah. the very end of production." And then they're going to say, "Like, it's <laughs> it's 2020. There needs to be dong in Star Wars." <laughs> it worked for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- what was that guy's name? Dion Medon's dong. I think that's a character. Dion, Dion. No, that was Dion Sanders. There was something like <laughs> Dion, Radon, Radon Chung, Dong, Radon Dong, Dong, da Dong, Dong, Dong. No, it's the guy. Alex, go and help me out. It's the guy. It's in Revenge of the Sith. He's played by the gyrocopter guy in Mad Max movies. Oh, <laughs> with the weird alien makeup and everything. I don't know his name. I just know the yeah. guy. I believe it's yeah, pronounced like, Eurocopter, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the lines on his face, and he's like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I think his name is Meon Dion, and then he has a dong. So there it goes. That's there a long is. way to go for that joke. I'm done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, so you- I believe he also played the wizard Zedekus Sewer Zorander in the t- terrible TV version of the Wizard's First Rule. Yeah, the only good thing that was yeah. was the the girl that played Kalen. Call him now, friends. He also played the mouth of Sauron. Whoa! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, So, so how do you guys feel about them now? Just kind of going full uh, DC MCU with Star Wars. Uh, Like, fuck it, we're gonna make everything. Eh. I think I hate it. Just because they can't get one right, why are you gonna make tr- why trilogies? Everyone gets a trilogy. Ryan Johnson gets a trilogy. <laughs> These guys get a trilogy. Just oppressizing it. Yeah. 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 But, whatever. Right, Star Wars is obviously not for me anymore. So we'll, we'll, I'll go <laughs> Jeff, watch it. Jeff's not bitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm over it. Yeah. Uh, I. You know, maybe one of these will land. So we'll see. But I mean, Maybe. honestly, to go back to what Alex just said, it's like oh, we're going to hire these guys who create one of the like grittiest, right. sexiest <laughs> yeah. shows on TV, and then like they're going to give them that. Like, oh no, we don't want this. Just yeah, like we don't yeah. want the Lego guys. Like, what yeah, the like, fuck? like, oh, this is all great, but we have some notes, yeah. and it's like <laughs> notes, volume one. Yeah. Like, well, you just fucking get Ron Howard yeah. in here. We quit political intrigue. 
Um, mm-hmm. speak, speaking of notes, I forgot to bring this up during the the Princess Mononoke talk, but apparently, initially, Harvey Weinstein and Disney uh, wanted Miyazaki to... Or when they brought it over, they wanted him to cut it down because the movie's like two hours and 15 minutes long. And he basically walked out of the meeting when they asked, when, when Weinstein asked him that. And yeah. like, so the, the Japanese producer sent uh, Weinstein a fucking katana that had like, that was edged with no cuts in it. Uh, and they wound up bringing the unedited version over here. So fuck Harvey Weinstein, I think is the point of that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought they gave the katana so you could with do that sword, whatever that is, seppuku. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, it, it it'll be weird to see. Play Sudoku? Is that what you? Yeah, say? played Sudoku. Sudoku. <laughs> yep. Count. I think wasn't that the name of uh, Christopher Lee's character, Count Sudoku? Count Sudoku. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I I agree with you guys. Like, you know, it's they're gonna be unhappy with some of the stuff they're coming up with. If they're gonna do the dark and gritty thing, but you know, Rogue One was pretty gritty for what it was anyway. But they cut that back too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna rage. But I wonder. This is what I was thinking. I wonder if they really wanted them to do a TV show. Like, if they they did like an HBO Star Wars show or a Netflix show. <laughs> I can't imagine but... Star Wars with titties. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, like, I no, no. I, I, it wouldn't be. There's no way it would be. But just like, yeah, yeah. Just the idea of that. There's, yeah. Is there already titties in Star Wars? That is true. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Ula. There were there were some oh. in the the Last Jedi. Well, that's right, Luke Milton. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I wonder if the I, I'll, the talk started with them about maybe okay, we'll get these awesome showrunner TV showrunners to make. Are adult like they probably are going to make a more adult Star Wars, but not not Game of Thrones style, but you know a little bit more adult. But these guys are like, no, we're done with TV. Like you know, they want to get done with Game of Thrones. They've been doing it for eight years or whatever. Yeah. And so like, okay, we still want to work with you, so we'll do movies instead. I wonder if maybe that's kind of how this started. Because well, what do these guys know about doing movies? And you're just going to give them Star Wars? Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder like how stars would fare with more political intrigue because the whole fucking trade federation thing <laughs> it was god awful and boring star wars okay this is what i just now i got i'm gonna rant star wars needs <laughs> the same thing that dc needs they need this kev they need a kevin feige whatever his name is in charge. I, I thought you were gonna say gal gadot mm-hmm. no 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 oh. <laughs> yeah 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 star wars doesn't need that but they need they don't have that over because right now, like obviously we talked about how like Force right, Awakens right. and Last Jedi, it's like some of the stuff that Abrams set up. The other guy just gets rid of. Like they need someone who's like mapping this out. It doesn't seem like well, isn't like Kathleen Kennedy supposed to be that person? She's not. Yeah, she's supposed to be, but she's I, doesn't seem like she's doing it very well. And then she's hiring these people and firing these people and hiring these people and firing yeah. these people. And oh, you get it. Like it's well, just I mean, seems, some of that stuff has happened with the Marvel movies, though. Sure, I, I just. I don't see that as being her. I think she knows how to run Hollywood like crazy. I don't know if she's a story person. Mm. I, I don't know. This is just me talking out of my ass. But yeah. and in a way, I think they. I mean, some. Hey, chalking up to luck, but the fact that that Feige, uh, 
you know, had the right vision to make these successful. Um, you know, they they didn't know that going in. So, you know, after kind of a lackluster Thor movie and kind of a lackluster follow-up to to Iron Man, you know, they they're but, hmm. Well, I was gonna, sorry. I just I because just, I just watched Thor the other day. It's it's not the best, but it's. It definitely, you can see there's a vision, and it sets up perfectly. No, no, no. That's movies. that's what I'm saying, though, is like for them to just let him keep going, to ultimately get to the the payoff of uh, the, Avengers, yeah, the Avengers, which were you know worked out amazingly, um, and it made it made the other movies set up worth it, even if those movies weren't wildly successful. Right. Um, but I mean, that's because they had the vision and they well, went with. Well, it. no, that's what I'm saying, though, is they like they stuck with Feige and his vision. Like even yeah. after that stuff, like, um, so there was a little bit of kind of luck involved because they didn't know it was going to turn out well. At that point is what I'm saying. And and, and then, and then is it worked out well because they had a person with a vision doing all this? So you know they don't have that now with Star Wars. I mean, it, it took it was a big risk for them to do movies like Thor and Captain America, and they weren't that great, but they did it and it stuck through, and now it's paid off because they did that. I just don't think. I mean, it was what I'm saying is initially I, I agree they they. They they need that, but it was a gamble to begin with. So that's probably sure. why DC hasn't gotten something like that as of yet. I mean, yeah, they didn't want to take the risk on somebody. I mean, clear, I mean, who, I mean, who would do or it though? Just, like, I mean, can't yeah. give it to Snyder. <laughs> um, no, I mean, who was well, Kevin Roy Feige Snyder's until an we knew who he was? Yeah, somebody who can do it. I'm just saying, a little luck is involved here. Is all. Sure, but we got at least they tried. And I don't think they're doing it with Star Wars, and they're definitely not doing it with DC. That's a... yeah. <laughs> think of my problems are with Star Wars, DC. Oh boy. I mean, yeah. Anyway, nerd rant. Over. Yeah, not yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to expand too much more on this, but I mean, yeah, all of the the kind of the setup for the Avengers, which weren't you know huge blockbusters, um, and then to to hand the realms the the reins to Joss Whedon, who at that point hadn't really directed anything like. Other than Serenity, as far as a movie goes, uh, yeah, it was a big risk all around. That the Peta, kind of a interesting. Well, let's talk about that more some other time, I'm sure. Uh, so, speaking of Marvel, uh, by the time this airs, Black Panther will be out. Um, as of now, I think it's still getting really good uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm Again, looking forward to seeing this. Uh, I've been kind of avoiding all the, the reviews and uh, um, interviews and things like that. I want to try to go in as fresh as possible. Uh, be, I'll be likely seeing that Sunday, so hopefully I have more to say about that in upcoming podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, Jeff, are you going to try to go see it? Yeah, definitely. I'll go see it. I I'll probably, I usually avoid the first weekend unless it's something I absolutely have to see, but I'll definitely see it um, early next week. Okay. There it is. So yeah, uh, Black Panther is out. Uh, that's it for me after our, our digression into Star Wars here. Uh, Alex, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Nope, I'm good. All right, Jeff. Uh, a couple things. I got a Nintendo Switch. Been playing that. Uh, played Mario. I beat the game, like the main story, pretty quickly. I but I'm not a completionist, so you didn't get all the moons. Yeah. Uh, oh. I have, as soon as I beat Bowser or whatever I did at the end. Um, 
Super Mario Odyssey. I'm not going back. Yeah, I'm not going back to play it. It was fun, but whatever. Um, now I'm playing Zelda, and this game is kicking my ass. <laughs> um, I'm making some progress, but my god, it's, it's so open-ended. I'm not usually a fan of these, but it's like, it's it's it is this like open-ended I don't like, but I love Zelda games, so it's kind of keeping me in it. Um, got that. Uh, I finally signed up for Movie Pass, so I've been going to the movies a little bit more. Um, Earlier, we t- I talked about jump scares. I saw Winchester this week. Oh, that looked look terrible. Yeah, whatever. Now you have Movie Pass. I have to watch something. And, uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it had Helen Mirren in it. Yeah, I was going to say like that seemed to be the only thing it had going for it. <laughs> well, not the only thing, and, but one of the the big draw, anyways. Because I have been to the Winchester Mystery House, so I was like, okay, I'll go watch it, and then and her, and it's. It's just these random, like a roller skates rolls by and it's like, what the fuck, man? It's not even trying to be a good movie. So. <laughs> and then I saw The Post, which, I don't know, Spielberg, Hanks, Streep. Hacks. Yeah. All of them. What was amazing, though, is the very first voice I recognized was one Tobias Fumke. <laughs> oh, it wasn't Keith David? It wasn't Keith David. Isn't that? I, I, I knew it was David Keith. I knew Odenkirk was in it. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was what. No, I recognized his voice because it's just kind of him, some dude walking through the, you know, through the post, and I'm like, oh, is that him? But he's wearing make, he has hair and he has makeup. I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's him. And then I looked who's standing next to him, and it's Odenkirk. I'm like, oh, it's gotta be. Him. <laughs> so these guys have gone all the way to being Spielberg Street movies. So I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it so much that I went back and rewatched All the President's Men, which I haven't seen okay. in forever. So yeah, mm-hmm. Oscar bait. Yeah. Um, so that that's it for me. Alright. I think it's all we've got to talk about this week. That's a wrap. Alright. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. <laughs>